You're listening to the Coach T Podcast hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Appreciate all the love and support from all the Zeke fanatics out there. For those that don't know, the original Isaiah Thomas, the basketball player, Hall of Famer's nickname was Zeke. And in sixth grade, my sixth grade basketball coach, along with my teammates, would call me Zeke all the time. So it's just stuck for the past 26 years. Today, this episode, I have a great mentor and friend, one of the best coaches I know, uh, former University of Michigan wrestler, state champ from the Flint Northern Vikings, Mr. Coach William Waters. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great today. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a beautiful 78 degrees. I go back to work tomorrow, so so long summer. <laughs> yeah, today is my first day back at school, so... Summer is gone. Uh, went by way too fast. But I think the longer you teach, you say that every single year, especially when August comes. That's true. This is year number 29 for me. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for all your service. I'm, I'm going into year 10, so I, I have a little bit to catch up to you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the first time that I met Coach Waters was actually my sophomore year at Lansing Everett. We, there was a JV tournament at Lansing Eastern at the Don Johnson Fieldhouse, and Coach Waters was coaching Bridgeport at the time, which you'll get into throughout the, the interview and stuff. And that's actually the first time I actually met Coach Waters. And then fast forward 15 years, I ended up teaching at Bridgeport, and he was one of my mentor teachers throughout that time when I worked at the middle school. And then the next year, he got transferred to the high school. So we got to spend a lot of time talking shop about faith, family, and wrestling, and how those things uh, coincide. So it's been nice to keep track of Coach Waters. He's always doing great things with the Bridgeport Bearcats and throughout the Saginaw area community. So glad to have you on. Glad to be on today. So tell us how you got involved in this great sport of wrestling. It's kind of funny. I uh, started um, wrestling in the, the eighth grade. Um, I wanted to go out for the team. I only weighed 70 pounds at the time. And, and so um, I love football, but it was really too small for the sport. So decided I would come out for the wrestling team. And um, I had a, a really strict disciplinarian coach. His name was Mr. Walters. And so he got me involved in it. And um, wrestling in the city of Flint, they had the, the city championships. And so... My first year in wrestling, I um, went nine and one and was second in the city championship. So that was my introduction to wrestling. Uh, the ninth grade, I moved to Arkansas and they didn't have wrestling there. And so I love wrestling so much. I uh, asked my mom, could I move back to, to Michigan? And so I enrolled at Flint Northern High School, um, 1980 and wrestled on the varsity wrestling team, 105 pounds, my first year of wrestling. And uh, it was an experience. My, my record was 24 and 17. I was an average wrestler, but I loved the sport. And so I began to um, wrestle freestyle in Greco in the summertime. I came back my second year. I was 48 and six and finished second in the state. I lost in the state finals four to three. And then uh, my senior year, um, I wrestled and went undefeated, 54-0 state champ. Wow. What a progression there from going from wrestling in eighth grade, finished the second in the city, 
and then not even wrestling your freshman year because you're all the way in Arkansas. And how many people are going to say they're going to move from a warm weather state like Arkansas back to Michigan just to compete? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, I gained a love for the sport and um, it was really fun. I had great teammates, had a great coach. And so I, uh, I wanted to come back. You know, I enjoyed living in Arkansas. But I enjoyed wrestling. It was something that I was good at. It was something that I was able to compete against people my size. And so I just wanted to move back. And it's amazing, you know. Wrestling because it was only 10 matches. But, um, you know, within a couple years wrestling, well, end up being an undefeated state champ and, and earned a full ride scholarship to the University of Michigan. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, as a Michigan State fan, I will say this I do love Michigan uh, wrestling. I love Michigan State wrestling because a lot of people I've interacted through through my years uh, with both sides. And it's really cool to see somebody like yourself um, get that opportunity to wrestle at the University of Michigan. Who was your coach at um, during those formative years? Uh, high school or college? Uh, high school and college. Well, high school, my uh, my wrestling coach was uh, Francis Bentley, and uh, he was the uh, coach at Northern High School when I got there. And just the story about him is that's kind of funny. Um, he never wrestled a day in his life. If you look at him, he's not even athletic, doesn't look athletic <laughs> or anything. This man mm -hmm. learned the sport of wrestling out of books. And um, he started coaching in 1959. And, and within uh, five years, he um, led his team to the state championship. Flint Northern won the state championship in 1963. And he had four state tournament. They were all African-American. And all four of them won their uh, weight classes. So four state champs, they went undefeated at that um, particular um, meet and won the state championship. What a great, what a great mentor. And my senior year, we finished third in the state. Uh, DCC was first, Mount Clemens was second, and then we were third. And we were only seven points out of first place. So uh, we had some really great teams at Flint Northern. Uh, Mr. Bentley's been in the inducted into uh, four Hall of Fames. He's a uh, matter of fact, he was inducted into the National Wrestling Hall of Fame as a lifetime member. So he was a great mentor at uh, the University of Michigan. My my coach was uh, Dale Barr and the assistant coach was coach Joe Wells at U. Mm -hmm. And we had some great teams there um, while I was there. I was fortunate enough to place in the um, the Big Ten tournament. I was Big Ten runner-up as a sophomore, and all and uh, took third as a junior and third as a senior uh, in the Big Ten championships. Which, for those that don't know, they, it, back to your high school wrestling, back then it was the individual format. There wasn't the the team, so pretty much like an individual tournament. So your goal was to try and get. As your guys scoring bonus points and placing high in order to build your points up to eventually win the, the state title. And you can't say enough about big 10 wrestling. The big 10 conference is, has been 
the premier wrestling conference for probably the last 40 or 50 years, in my opinion. Uh, I know there's some love out there for the Big 12, but Oklahoma State. But if you look at the amount of championships and the amount of All-Americans and national champions that the Big 10 produces year in, year out, uh, it's truly a grind. And for, for you to have that opportunity to wrestle at the University of Michigan, especially back in the, the, the heyday of wrestling back in the 80s, in my opinion, um, speaks volumes of how, how good you got during that time and, and how great your coaches were. Yeah, yeah, my, my coaches were uh, phenomenal. Um, you know, I wrestled freestyle and Greco in the summertime as well. My senior year, I finished second in the nation in Greco and um, sixth in the nation in freestyle. And then my freshman year at the University of Michigan, I wrestled in the World Esport Championships. That's the 20 and under. So mm-hmm. I, I represented the United States. I, was, uh, I won the World Cup trials. And I uh, took third in the world um, in freestyle. Matter of fact, I ended up in a three-way tie. I defeated the uh, two-time world champ from from Russia, but I lost to the guy from Japan. And then the the guy from Russia beat the guy from Japan. So I ended up with the bronze medal in that that world championship. And um, John Smith, two-time Olympic champion, he was on that world team with me. Matter of fact, he and I were the only ones on that team to defeat to defeat our Russian opponents. Wow. Well, and John Smith, uh, you can't say it of the head coach of Oklahoma State, multiple national championships as a head coach, and some regard him as the greatest wrestler of all time, winning six straight uh, world and Olympic titles from 88 to, to 90, or 87 to 92. Uh, and actually, the only thing I can think of, when I think of John Smith, I think of John Fisher, who I believe, wasn't he a teammate of yours at uh, Flint Northern? Yes, high school teammate and college teammate. That's so crazy. I got to get him on, too. We got to talk a little bit of shop. But John was the last American to beat John Smith um, at the World Team Trials and then lost two really close matches uh, to not make the 92 team, but uh, really pushed John Smith to the brink there. Yeah, yeah. Fisher, uh, one one of the things about Fisher is – one of the things that I, I remember about him most is uh, he hated to lose. I mean, if he lost a match, you know, you would see him over on the sidelines and he would literally have tears coming down his eyes. That's how much he hated losing. And so his passion and his drive to, uh, to uh, be successful, um, you know, in, in, enabled him to become a four-time All-American at the University of Michigan. And right now he's still the all-time winningest wrestler in the University of Michigan's history. Yeah, it's just, that is just crazy, phenomenal. And, and I'm thinking back, uh, Coach Waters, to how I've talked about this on a couple of podcasts. Like, between the 50s and the 80s, the big areas, like, those bigger programs are really dominant. Like, Lansing Everett won a state title in 65. Uh, you had Sexton win a state title. Eastern was winning state titles from the Lansing area. And you have you with the with Flint Northern. I mean, just it, it's crazy how that was kind of the that was the the thing. Like those schools were the dominant schools back then. Right, right. So things change, you know, obviously, but it, it it's it was a in my opinion, a golden era of, of wrestling. Yeah. So after and, oh, go I, ahead, coach. Out of it has to do with with coaching as well. And also, you know, back uh, in the heyday of Flint, 
um, they had uh, youth wrestling was really huge. They had summer programs um, in the elementary schools. So our, our kids were exposed to wrestling, you know, in elementary all the way up through middle school to high school. And that's why we were able to have some great teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So after your competitive career is over, what made you decide to go into teaching? Well, to tell you the truth, uh, my mentor, the person that I looked up to the most was um, was uh, Mr. Bentley, Francis Bentley. And he was a, a teacher. He was a chemistry teacher and he was a coach. And so, um, you know, my junior senior year, he used to have me demonstrate the moves in practice. And uh, he was he was one of the ones who encouraged me, told me that I would make a good a great teacher and a great coach. Um, part of the reason was because I was a, a technician, you know. I really um, focused on technique and, and the importance of it. And so um, I was gifted with the, um, with the, the gift of, of teaching and coaching. As a matter of fact, my, my grandfather on my father's side was a, um, was a high school physical education teacher and uh, a football and a basketball coach. And so I ended up going into teaching and uh, I've been doing it and I love it. I've been coaching. Um, it's something that I felt like I was born to do. Yeah, yeah. And where did you first start off teaching? Or you always taught at Bridgeport um, during your educational career? I actually started out in Flint. I was in Flint from 1992 to 96. And so uh, there in Flint, you know, we had some of the, the greatest teams during that time. Um, from 92, yeah, from 92 to 96, Flint Northern was uh, was dominant in wrestling. As a matter of fact, if we would have, um, if if the state would have uh, been going off of the old format, you know, with, with state places, we would have won the state championship four years in a row. That's how good the kids were that I was coaching at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, you, you had the Hill and um, the Ruffins uh, during that time, Ahmad Sanders. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Stefan Lyman. I mean, we had mm. the year that we won the state championship, 1995. We had we had um, seven of our wrestlers placed in the top three in their weight class, and then we had one person that took seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> we were stacked at that time. Oh, yeah. Well, as a former coach at Bay City Western, um, I heard a lot about that 95 uh, Flint Northern team and how you guys would battle with Bay City Western, had to beat Bay City Western to make to the team states and, and win team states eventually. Um, oh, to be a time traveler to go back and watch those matches, because from what I've heard secondhand, that they were physical, competitive, but also a lot of good sportsmanship within yeah. there with, between the competitors, understanding, like, we're going to try to beat the heck out of each other but at the end of the day we respect each other for for going out there and giving everything we have right there was a lot of mutual um respect amongst uh the teams um we knew that you know when we wrestled western we had to bring it um 1994 we lost the western by a couple points in the regionals and western went on to become the um the runner-ups that year so Hmm. uh, saginaw valley conference was very tough very competitive back then as a matter of fact Saginaw High had a really good team at that time as well 
and we were all in the same region or with each other. So um, it was some phenomenal wrestling going on at that time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how did you get your career started? So you, you taught you were taught at Flint Northern and then you came all the way up here to to uh, to the Saginaw area in Bridgeport. How did that happen? Yeah, well, I was at the University of Michigan. I was a grad assistant at U of M for one year. And um, so I went to Flint and um, started teaching there. And then um, I moved to Saginaw um, and wanted to go back to uh, Saginaw Valley State to get uh, my master's degree. So I came to Saginaw and I uh, got a job at Saginaw Heritage. I was there for one year. And I had a really good team there. Um, But I was actually recruited to Bridgeport by the school board president. Her son uh, wrestled for Bridgeport, Charlie Sageman. Yeah, yeah. He recruited me to come over to to Bridgeport and they gave me a job. And so, you know, they had a huge wrestling room and uh, they had a middle school program going. And so I decided to come over uh, here and and uh, and coach at Bridgeport, which was really a great experience for me. Uh, it opened up a, a teaching position for me, and I actually had my own first individual state champ with uh, Charlie Sageman. He went forty six and zero, and he beat every state champ that's there. So um, had a phenomenal year. He went on to wrestle for Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 quite funny. So his sister Denise, um, I worked with a lot during when I was an official with Freestyle and Greco, and then with the My Way stuff. So um, it's watching Charlie compete when I because I grew up in Lansing, so I went to a lot of Michigan State wrestling meets and everything, and it was great to see guys like like a Charlie Sageman and and meet the family. The fa- family's phenomenal. Now, how long did you coach at Bridgeport? I coached at the high school level for six years. Yeah, I coached six years at the high school level. Um, and we, we had a pretty good team. We won the district title um, three times. We made it to the regional finals. We lost to uh, Shepard by uh, seven points. They were undefeated. They were ranked number one in the state um, that particular year. And uh, – I was fortunate to get the regional coach of the year award that year, but that, um, but yeah, I coached six years after that. I, um, um, uh, uh, retired so that I could watch my son. He played football and ran track for some, for Swan Valley. So Mm -hmm. I followed his career. Then he went on to play football for Eastern Michigan. So I kind of, uh, gave up wrestling just so that I could be there for him and uh, and support him in what he was doing. And it's funny because um, I a uh, few years ago I got back into coaching, and now I'm coaching the um, the middle school wrestling team. And it's really fun watching those young guys that know nothing about the sport really uh, grasp hold of of the sport, um, kind of like I did, and um, you know uh, have a love for it and that are doing good. So hopefully. You know, with me being at the, the middle school, I'm going to really help to feed our varsity program. Yes, yeah, and no better person to do it. And I can remember our conversation when I first talked about the, the possibility of stepping away, and a lot of the things that you said kind of put my mind at ease. Um, the big thing is you can always come back, and that really matter what 
way you come back, you'll still have a significant impact. And that really meant a lot to me. And, and also being able to spend that quality time with your family that you just can't get back. Right. Right. That's true. You, you can't get those years back, you know? And so the memories that you can make with your, um, with your children, um, especially in those formidable years, they're very important. They'll always remember that. So, you know, my son is forever grateful that I followed his career. You know, he would, he, he wrestled in middle school and was a really good wrestler. Um, but he was really good in track and he was a running back and linebacker in football did really well. So I did force wrestling on him. I wish he would have done it because I think he would have been uh, really good. He was in a program at Swan Valley that was really good at the time. But mm-hmm. you, you let your children do what, what they want to do and you support them. You know? Right, right. That's where I'm at right now. My, my oldest daughter likes gymnastics and, and she's, she's made the pre-team. So we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll have the next Simone Biles. And my youngest daughter, she actually likes wrestling. Last year was her first year wrestling, and I can't stop her from wrestling her cousins now. So it's um, it's really exciting to have them when they do a sport, especially a sport that you understand, uh, where you can actually help them. Whereas my oldest daughter, I'm like, she does gymnastics. Like, I've watched a lot of gymnastics, and I can kind of coach you through some stuff. But for the most part, you need a real gymnastics coach to tell you how to do front flips and back flips and somersaults and things like that. Right. Well, I've got a... a... I've got a five-year-old grandson and a, a seven-year-old granddaughter. I think they both will make great wrestlers. So I'm kind of excited. I'm chomping at the bit to get them some wrestling shoes and get them on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll be fun. It's definitely different when you're you're coaching your own kid, so to speak. I found that um, as fun as it was, it's still pretty nerve-wracking because you the really when you're the coach you really give up that power of being able to do anything all your work is done in the the practice room and things like that so in in your opinion what does uh how do how should coaches be communicating to officials during matches um what is the 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 standard or the decorum involved in that you know i I think first of all it's it's important to have a relationship with uh with the um the officials, I mean, to, to be cordial, to be professional, you know. Um, but as you're, as you're watching your wrestlers wrestle and, um, you know, sometimes you have to get on the, the referees, you know. They're not calling stalling on the other kid or whatever the case may be. But as long as you have that uh, nice cordial relationship with them, uh, I found that, that referees respect you, you know, and um, – you know, you let them know that you, uh, you know, that you you see what's going on on the mat, that you, you're going for your kid. But most important is you want them to be fair in everything that they do when it comes to their officiating. Agreed, agreed. And how would you say when you were coaching, what were you looking for in an assistant coach? Uh, for me, I was looking for somebody that, of all, knew the sport, had a love for the sport, somebody that would uh, work well with kids and somebody that could be um, kind of the opposite of me, so to speak, because as the head coach, I was kind of hard on the kids, tough on them and so forth. But I think you, you kind of need that balance, you know, and that was one of the things with my high school coach, Mr. Bentley. He was tough on us, but we had an assistant coach 
His name was Mr. Collins, Al Collins, and he was the head coach at Flint Northern after Mr. Bentley left. But he was a kind of a mild-mannered coach. And, um, you know, when, when Bentley got on us, Collins would kind of soothe the situation. <laughs> and so they made a great team. And so that's the kind of um, assistant coach that I, I would look for um, when uh, being a head coach is somebody who compliments me in the things that I do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, coach, my last question to you is for those coaches that are listening to this podcast, the, the young ones that feel like they have, they're ready to take over the reins and be a varsity head coach. What is your advice to them? Uh, well, first of all, study your, your craft, study your craft, you know, um, make sure that you, um, uh, know your stuff, you know, Make sure you, you, you know your technique. Make sure you have a plan of action in regards to how you're going to run your practices, knowing, you know, that you want to peak at the end of the season and not peak too early. Um, and push your students, push your, your wrestlers, and in, encourage them to, um, to, you know, be who they are on the mat. You can't make everybody uh, robots, you know. Know who your wrestlers are, what their gifts are, what what their talents are, the things that they do well, and then um, make sure you help mold and shape them into the wrestlers that um, they, you know, should be. And so you have to be encouraging. You have to be tough, um, but at the same time, you have to be um, you have to be the, the type of person that they would be willing to run through a wall for. And so you have to show your your wrestlers that you're committed to them, you know. And um, when you show them the love and the, the commitment that you have for them and you bring your team together as a team and they help bond with one another, that's when you um, can be a great coach. Awesome. Well said, Coach Waters. I appreciate you being on today. I really appreciate your friendship over the last 20 plus years and how I, I just, if I could be half the person you are, I think I'm doing something right. So I really appreciate you being on and sharing your story. I appreciate you. You, you are a great man and we really enjoyed you here at Bridgeport and uh, I miss you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I miss but, you too. <laughs> but I know that you're doing great things and this is a great thing uh, with your, your podcast. So I feel honored to be uh, your guest on the, the podcast today. Well, thank you, Coach Waters. Take care and enjoy the 22-23 school season. Thank you. You as well. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.